Drop my nose. Good morning. Am I still hooked up? Pat, am I good? All right. Can everybody hear me? All right. Um, my name is uh, Ian Scott, and uh, I've been living here in Clemson now for a little over three years um, with my wife and our four children. And um, it's, uh, it's been a good change uh, for us. And uh, the kids have uh, been growing up and they uh, enjoy going to school and the new friends that they've made. Um, so uh, we love it here. Uh, we love being a part of the church. And let me make sure this is on. It's off. Um, it's something a little bit uh, new for me. Okay. I, I've never done this with uh, PowerPoint before uh, on a Sunday. So... <laughs> Uh, this is going to be a little bit new, um, <clears throat> but uh, we are beginning as a church to go through some conversations about running the race Amen. and what that means for us um, individually, what that means for us as a church, what that means for us here in Clemson in particular, uh, in our community. And we'll be covering those things not only on Sundays, but for midweeks as well, Amen. both together, congregationally, and in our house churches when we meet uh, as house churches, okay? Um, and so that's kind of what you're coming to. Um, I am not the usual preacher, uh, obviously, okay? Um, this, is our, this is our beginning. And so <laughs> Keith loves baseball. I am a huge baseball fan as well. So I'm kind of like the leadoff hitter, okay? So my job isn't to knock it out of the park. Um, it's just to get on base. Okay. So if there's something that I say that is just completely off the wall and you don't, you know, it doesn't mean anything to you. That's completely okay. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get us there. Okay. And get the, get the ball rolling. Okay. So that's what I'm doing today. Um, turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Just some more about myself because it will be um, important for, you know, what I'm sharing this morning. Um, I, uh, I grew up in Florida. Uh, my parents went to Clemson. Uh, they went to school here. My dad is a Hall of Fame football player for the university. Okay. So I grew up in a sports family. Okay. And, um, but I was too big to play football as a child. Um, I had to wait until high school. Um, I was just uh, explaining to my son because he's eight and he's playing eight and under football for Clemson University and uh, I'm not Clemson University for Central. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself because le yesterday in their game they ran down the hill with uh, uh, a replica of Howard's Rock and everybody threw up balloons and stuff and I was like this is really Little League football? I was like I can't, I can't believe this, this is, this is crazy. Um, but, uh, so apologize for that. That was in my, that was in my head, but I was explaining to him that when I was his age, I would have had to play with the 14 year old team and I would have only been allowed to play on the line and that wasn't fun for me. So I played soccer and baseball and basketball until I got to high school and could play with people my own size. Um, because when I was a freshman in high school, I was. I wasn't this big, but I was six foot two. I was about 265 pounds as a freshman in high school. Um, and so 
I had never played football before, but I got a chance to play and it went well. And I got a scholarship to play in college. I went to the University of Florida and then uh, I played professional football for a little bit. I went back to school and finished my degree. I'm now an industrial engineer for Michelin. Um, and that's kind of cool because Michelin is a French company and I have a job now where I get to travel a little bit. And so the reason that I kind of bring all that together is I just recently got back from a trip to Europe. I had to go to France for a week for work and my wife came out and we spent another week traveling around Italy and France and got to see some pretty cool things. And I'll share about that a little bit um, later. Um, but uh, I, as well, I was on my trip, there was a lot of, I, we saw a lot of great things. We got to go to Venice um, and basically a big floating city and see a cathedral that is older than anything that we have in the United States. Um, we got to go to Rome and see the Vatican City. We saw St. Peter's Basilica. Uh, we got to see the Colosseum. Um, we got to see Pompeii. Uh, got to see the Eiffel Tower, the Louvre, and all of these amazing things. And I was, had a lot of emotions about just... Uh, what did this mean? You know, what, what, what could I bring back and what could I share with you guys? Yeah. And I'm appreciating that I get to share about this because I, I had a lot of thoughts about this and kind of where I've, where I've been recently. But in Hebrews chapter 12, this is where we're going to start uh, with the race. Um, God says, uh, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Okay? This is the scripture that we're starting with uh, in this series about running the race. And this is, this is a very interesting scripture, and there's a lot here. You know, uh, the writer in Hebrews just gets finished talking about all of these Old Testament heroes and how much faith they had. And he goes on to continue, and he gives us this scripture. And talking about running with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Amen. And I think that that's interesting um, because all of us in here are different. And I think we all have a race that's not the same. Yeah. Uh, I share with you guys a little bit about my past. My race is not the same as David's. Yeah. It's not the same as Julianne's or it's not the same as my wife's. Okay, ours is a little bit together now, yeah. but she has a completely different story uh, than I do. Okay, we all have a different race. So I think it's important, first of all, that we know what race we're running. Amen. The reason that's important is because there's a very different training plan for somebody who's running a marathon versus somebody who's running a 100 meter dash. Yeah. Okay, if you go out and try to run a marathon the way you would run a 100 meter dash, you're going to be in trouble very quickly. <laughs> okay, now there are some people that have the ability to run a marathon even faster than I can run a 100 meter dash, okay? <laughs> they have a very specific training plan, okay? But do you, that's important because we have to, ha we have, to have a plan. Yeah. We each individually have to have a training plan for ourselves in order to run this race Amen. with perseverance. If you have no plan, you're gonna end up stumbling, yeah. you end up yeah. falling, you won't end up be having the success that you want to have. Amen. Okay? I'll talk about that a little bit more. You also need to have a goal in mind. 
I'll try to move out the way a little bit so people can see this. Okay? What's the prize? I apologize for the elementary uh, visuals, but uh, it's the best I could find on the internet without pirating anything. Um, but what, what is your goal? What is the prize that you have in mind? Does anybody recognize any of these trophies? The first one on the left is what the World Series champion wins. I don't even know what it's called, but that's the trophy that they get. Okay? The one below that is the NBA championship trophy. Stanley Cup. Okay? This one down here in the bottom right, that's the old national championship trophy for college football, the Sears trophy. Okay? And I apologize, that one's a it's got a mark on it. That's from that's from my school. Okay. What is the goal? We got a lot of soccer fans in here. I don't recognize the World Cup trophy. Okay. You can see I put this together a while ago. That's the gold medal from the 2012 London Olympics. And we just had a new one. So those look a little bit different today. But everybody that competes for these knows what they have in mind. They know what they're going after. Okay? And for us, it's the same. We have to know what we're going after. All right? And if we don't, we can stumble and fall. There's an ultimate goal. But also with that, with running the race, there are steps along the way. When you're training, and I did this for, before I went to the combine, when you're training for a 40, you spend a lot of time, all you're doing is practicing the first 10 yards of the run. Then you will spend time practicing the next 20 yards. Then you will spend time practicing the last 10. Okay? There's sections that you have to do. There's goals that you're trying to hit at each point. And I bring that up because this is something we do at Michelin. Okay? Goal planning in the manufacturing world. Okay? I didn't pull an official one because I'm not sure if I'll get in trouble for doing that or not. Okay? But you start off with indicators. And we generally have five for a plant around safety, machine performance, quality, delivery, and cost, okay? And what they start with is the plant staff gets together and they say, these are our goals for the next year. And the way that it is supposed to work is that your shops look at the plant's goals and they say, okay, we need to create some goals that are gonna help the plant achieve its overall goal. So you see, I did S.1, you know, if you're doing like a, outline you get the the dot one next okay and then it goes down to the business unit business unit their goals are supposed to support the shop which is support the plant okay i think this applies to us because in here i'm a business unit each of us has a different race we ha we are a business unit okay here in clemson we have family groups we have house churches Okay, to me that's kind of like the shop level. Okay, how can I support my shop level, my family group? Okay, and then that helps the whole church here in Clemson, and not just in Clemson, but even across South Carolina and everywhere else as we travel and move about, it helps all of them achieve their goals, which when we read the Bible, that should be what God has in line. Right? Okay, that's what we're supposed to do, but invariably, unfailingly this is kind of what happens okay I've changed the letters a little bit see if you can notice in the plant the safety is usually pretty straightforward 
Everybody follows that one up the line pretty good. Machine two. But what happens in the manufacturing world is we tend to focus on just one of those targets and then everything that we do rolls up to meet that one target and we forget about the other ones. So you can see there's a lot of machine and there's a lot of delivery goals in there, but we miss out on the quality or we miss out on the cost. And even when you look at the business unit, their goals don't quite match up with you know, even what the shop or what the plant has. And sometimes for me, that can happen. As I'm running my race, I can have goals that don't really fit yeah. with God's plan. Yeah. Okay, because I'm making them up myself. Yeah. All right. And I don't really understand the goal. Okay. It talks about running this race with uh, perseverance. All right. And you can hide this, Patrick, if you don't mind. Um, <laughs> we, we can run with perseverance and the word perseverance, um, implies continuing towards a goal despite difficulty Amen. or obstacles Amen. or delays. Sometimes God doesn't give us the result of what we're going for right away. Yeah. And sometimes I have to ask myself, how do I really feel about that? Cause in my mind, I can be like, oh, it doesn't matter. I trust God whenever it happens, it will happen. Right. And in the moment, I'm like, well, where is the blessing? Where is the reward? Yeah. It hasn't happened uh, yeah. yet. I'm right. doing what I'm supposed to. Why have you not given me what I want? Yeah. Okay. And my children are in here and they can attest to this. They don't always get what they want when they ask for it. Okay. My 10 year old has been asking for a pet for years. <laughs> okay. Guess what? We don't have a pet at our house. <laughs> All right. Help you with that. But she does not quit asking. <laughs> and she believes that she is going to get a pet one day. Whether or not that true proves to be true, I am not God. Okay. <laughs> I do not know if she will ever get a pet, but she believes with all her heart that she will have a pet one day. She continues, despite difficulty or delay, to go after her goal. One of the things is we told her that she needs to keep her room clean. Okay. And consistently clean. So her mom helped her out with a friend and completely organized the room and got it all cleaned up. Okay. It's the cleanest room she's ever had in her life. All right. And she has kept it clean. She doesn't let anybody in her room. There's nothing on the floor except the clothes that she wants out for school the next day. It looks great. Okay. We're very proud of Savannah. All right. Friday night, I had a really late night. I helped coach uh, the Daniel high school football team. Long story short, for other reasons, I didn't get home till 2.30 in the morning to go to sleep. I get home, Savannah's in the bed with my wife. They're sleeping in my bed. I'm like, man, what am I going to do? I can't move her. She's too big for me to move now. I used to be able to pick her up and take her to her bed. I was like, well, I guess I'll just sleep in her bed. So I go lay down, and my daughter loves huge stuffed animals. So she has a Lotso for any Toy Story fans, and she has a Winnie the... She has a Winnie the Pooh, and they're both, when they're sitting, they're about this high off the ground. They're huge. But she keeps them on her bed full time, which is okay for her, but when I got in the bed, it's a little cramped. Okay? Anyway, I sleep in the bed and get up. I had to get JJ to practice or uh, to this game yesterday morning, and I didn't, I did not clean up after myself. Okay? 
I did not clean it up after myself. So you can imagine Savannah was upset with me. Okay. All right. She was upset with me and she let me know. Why did you mess up my bed? Why did you mess up my bed? And I said, oh, I'm sorry. I will fix it up for you. But she is continuing. She is going to keep that room clean. Okay. Because that's one of the deals we made with her about getting a pet. She's serious about that. Okay. She is not letting anything get in her way, okay? Not her brothers, not her sister, not her own father <laughs> is going to prevent her from keeping that room clean, okay? I don't always have that stick to okay? This thing talks about having perseverance, getting rid of everything that hinders, okay? These are not always bad things. Hinders just implies an obstacle. Sometimes our own... Good things that we have planned, they can get, yeah. they get in our way, yeah. um, whether that's school or a job. Sometimes we put those things, those things get set up as obstacles and they're in our way. Yeah. Uh, when I was studying the Bible as a senior in high school, I was going to go to Florida for a scholarship. I was majoring in industrial engineering, okay? And, you know, for the college students in here, i just give you a little bit of insight of what a college student disciple schedule was back in the day. Okay, this was 16 years ago, but we had, we met, we met for church in the afternoon, which if anybody I've talked, they talked to me, I can't, I do not like meeting for church in the afternoon. But we had, we had Bible study in the morning as college students. We had church at two in the afternoon. Okay, then we had um, some type of meeting in the evening. Okay, and then I was playing football, so I had six o'clock workouts, go to school all day. I had mandatory study hall. Then we on Monday nights, we had leaders meetings or family time. Okay, as a Bible talk. All right. On Tuesday, I had the same schedule and then I had Bible talk. Okay. Wednesday night, we would um, have Bible studies, doing other things. Thursday night was midweek. Friday night was the same schedule. You had a Friday night Devo or some type of campus event. And then Saturday for me was game day. And, and then usually it was date night. And that was for everybody in the campus, not just dating couples, but that was for everybody to go out on dates. And if you listen, there's not a free night. There's not a free morning. There's nothing that there's available in there. And so I'm studying the Bible and I'm studying with college students and I know what they do. And I know what I'm going to have to do for football. I know what I'm going to have to do for school. And I remember telling them, I was like, I don't think I can do all of those things. Okay? You have to count the cost, right? Even when you're running a race, you know, can I finish a marathon? Okay? I can barely walk my kids to school because my body is in pain. I'm not in shape to train for a marathon right now. Okay? All right? I understand that. And I'm working on that, okay? <laughs> My goal is not to run a marathon, by the way. I keep bringing that up because that's like a popular thing. Um, if I can run a mile consistently, I'd be happy with that, all right? Okay? But you got to know what steps are in the way. You got to count the cost before you make a decision, especially before deciding to follow Jesus. Yeah, amen. Okay? And what I was shared with was my perspective was incorrect. And that can happen easily, right? Our perspective can be out of whack. We can have the wrong perspective. I was thinking of everything as silos. 
that this part of my life was disciple, this part of my life was student, this part of my life was football player. And when we read the Bible, okay, Jesus is our life. Amen. Amen. Jesus is our life. The commitment to follow God and be a disciple is who I am. Amen. Okay? I'm not a football player that follows God. Okay? I'm not an engineer that goes to church on the side. I'm a disciple of Jesus. Yes. And I do some of these things as part of my life. Amen. It's a different perspective, but it's very important. Amen. Okay? But if we're going to be able to do those two things... Um, and I want to talk about these um, as I finish. For me, what I have learned is I have to be grateful and I have to be in awe of God. Yeah. Okay? Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Just flip right over. Okay? And I love this scripture. It's very straightforward and uh, not that difficult to understand. And Hebrews 11 in verse 6 the Bible says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Okay? We're running a race, and hopefully as a part of our race, we want to be pleasing to God. Yeah. Okay? I don't think I'm assuming too much and yeah. saying that that's what we want. Amen. Okay? But for me, I have to think about, okay, well, if, if I don't have faith, it's impossible to please God. How do I build faith? Where does that faith come from? Yeah. How is it built? Okay? For me, when I read the Bible, and the author here, and I encourage you to read Hebrews chapter 11, um, it talks about some of these things. But I imagine when Abraham saw the birth of Isaac, when he was over 100 years old, that God had been promising for a long time, that he was overflowing with gratitude Amen. for the promises of God. Okay? Jacob is wrestling with the angel. Bless me, bless me, let me go. You know, and Jacob's like, no, I'm not letting you go until you give me something. Yeah. Okay? And, the, you know, the angel promises him he's going to be the father of many nations. Okay? So now when he's working for his uncle or his cousin and he's not getting the wife that he was promised, he's able to continue because he knows the blessing is coming. Amen. And then when he gets what he was promised, how much gratitude yeah. he must have had. The dreams that Joseph had. I often wonder, how is Joseph able to go through all the things that he did? Yeah. Um, he believed in those dreams that God sent him, that God was going to take care of him. Yeah. And then when he did, he honored God with that. Amen. And he persevered. The miracles that Moses saw, all right? All of the plagues, parting of the Red Sea, all of those things, the burning bush, Gideon with the mats. It kind of gets yeah. a, a weird story, but I don't think I would be very different than Gideon. Oh, yeah, but, you know, could you do this for me? You know, but it built up his faith. Amen. It goes on and on. And when I think about those things and I think about my life, if I am not grateful, if I do not have gratitude, and I know we've heard that a little bit. So I think the Holy Spirit might be yeah. talking Amen. to us a little bit. If I am not grateful, I cannot have faith. Amen. OK, this says without faith, it is impossible to fit, please God. But I believe without gratitude in my heart it is impossible for me to be faithful. Yeah. OK. And think about this. In the Old Testament, in Numbers chapter 13, the Israelites have had all of these miracles happen. They've gone through the desert. They got the promised land. And they want to send out scouts. And the scouts go, and it's great. It's beautiful. 
but there's some pretty big people there, okay? I'm a big person, all right? There's some people when they meet me for the first time, they're a little bit intimidated. I've been told that, okay? I don't do that intentionally, all right? So if I've intimidated you, I apologize, okay? I've told I can be a little bit intimidating, but you can imagine the Israelites are going through, everything here is great, but look at these big people. How in the world are we ever going to beat them? It was an obstacle. And Caleb and Joshua were the only ones that were like, guys, God is with us. We can destroy these guys. They remembered everything God had done for them up until that point. Everybody else forgot. They were no longer grateful for the miracles that God sent them. And it got so bad that they were like, we want to go back to Egypt. Have you ever been tempted to want to go back to some situation or circumstance that you had before? Or like, man, if I had done this, it would be so much better. And you forget that when you were in that situation, you hated it. Right, right. Okay? I do that sometimes. I'm like, man, if I do this all over again, it would be, you know, man, I'd have so much fun. I'm like, man, you were miserable. (laughs) You were miserable when you were in that situation. Okay? Can you pull the slides back up, Patrick? Okay? Look at that. Okay? All right? This is my family. All right? It's one of the many things I have to be grateful for. But isn't that enough? Okay? I don't deserve all of that. Okay? That is a blessing from God. And I don't know what yours is. Okay? Well, I have a wife. Friday was my wife's birthday. Okay? Special day. Okay? We went to Europe, so that was her birthday present. So (laughs) I didn't have... I didn't have as much work to do on Friday. I did what I could. Okay. We have four children. I can remember when each, were there, each of them were born. Okay. Skylar was like a really long day in the hospital. And we have a picture of us. It looked like somebody had been punching my eyes with a punching bag. <laughs> using my eyes for a punching bag. Savannah, I had just had knee surgery the week before. And my leg was swollen up. I'm sitting in the chair with ice on my leg. All the nurses are paying attention to me while my pregnant wife is sitting in the bed. <laughs> like, what's going on here? JJ was uh, like an emergency child, okay? I was at a sleep study with Skylar, and I get a call from Crystal. I'm having hospital pains. And I was like, I've never heard that before, but I probably need to leave. She was yelling at me to speed past the cop, and I was like, I'd rather get us there than to get pulled over by the police officer. I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. He was born real fast, okay? And then Sean, and you, anybody knows Sean knows how, you know, how crazy he is, you know? But that was the first time Crystal decided she wasn't going to have any medicine to have the baby, and I was completely amazed at the power of a woman to be able to deliver a child. In that moment, I was like, this is incredible, okay? But I, Friday was also her birthday. It's also the anniversary of when we met. We met as freshmen in high school 20 years ago on her birthday, okay? I've known her for other than my family. She's one of the only people that I've known for that long a time, okay? She's been my best friend for a long time, but I'm grateful for my family, but I can forget even about my family who I see every day. We got to see the Eiffel Tower. They lit it up that night. We got to hang out down there. That's pretty cool. Sometimes I can get frustrated with my job, you know, but my job allowed me to do 
these things. God has provided that for me. We got to see Venice, like I told you about. Uh, we saw it at night. We got to see it during the day. It wasn't too hot because I've been told that it can smell a little funny when it's hot outside. So God, God looked out for me. And so I wasn't sweating too bad like I am now. Okay. All right. The other thing is to be in awe of God. Okay. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 2. All right. In Jeremiah chapter 2, we talked about the Israelites. Um, and God here is talking about how they forgot about him. Okay. How they forgot about him over and over and over again. Okay. And this is a little bit later. All right. And in verse 19 in Jeremiah chapter 2, God is telling the people, he's telling his people, your wickedness will punish you. Your backsliding. You remember we talked about going back to something we had before. will rebuke you. Consider then and realize how evil and bitter it is for you when you forsake the Lord your God and have no awe of me, declares the Lord, the Lord Almighty. Okay? And I looked up this word awe, all right? And, okay, and what it says is, is a feeling of reverential respect mixed with fear or wonder. Okay? And... That's why I have this picture up. This is the middle of St. Peter's and my camera died. My phone battery died and I couldn't take any pictures inside. So I had to pull it off the internet. And this in the middle is this huge wooden bronze structure right in the middle of the church. And I have no idea what it is, but it's incredible. And supposedly right underneath is the tomb of Peter. And we got to walk underneath the basement and we got to see that whole place you know, sectioned off. The whole thing is built in the shape of a huge cross, okay? And so, I mean, it's the most incredible structure I've ever seen in my life. As I was sitting there, though, I was like, what is more inspiring? Is it, am I in awe of God here, or am I in awe of what man can do? These incredible things that we were able to see. This is Pompeii. Pompeii is an incredible city, and it is so much larger than I ever imagined. We walked around there for about four hours and probably only saw like 25% of what there is to see in the city, okay? And I thought it was completely destroyed. You know, we hear about the volcano, which you can see Vesuvius in the background. I thought it was destroyed, but it is in pretty good shape for a 3,000-year-old city that was hit by a volcano, yeah. okay? Some of our stuff doesn't look that nice. <laughs> This is the Trevi Fountain, really incredible. Um, just over and over again, this is the Pantheon. This is my favorite, okay? This was built about 25, 2600 years ago, okay? And it was supposed to house, you know, images of all the Roman gods inside. Inside there is a huge hole right in the middle of the structure that aligns with the sun at different points and you can see it and it shines in in different areas it's really cool but it's built so that when it rains you know you don't flood the floor okay it's built in a way that 
the water that gets in there drains immediately out through the middle. The, the technology that goes into building this thing is really incredible, okay? And it's impressive. And these are things that man has been able to do with the help of God. But how much more awesome right. is God? Amen. Really, without God, none of this would be possible at all. And again, it's about perspective. Okay, we throw the word awesome around a lot today. Um, and I think sometimes it loses its value. There's a book called The Joy of Fearing God that you might want to read sometime. It's pretty good. But we song, sang that song, Two Wings. They veil their face because God is too awesome to even look at. Okay? But when I read the, the, uh, the definition, it also implies a bit of fear. Okay? If we have a healthy fear of God by being all inspired by him, it will change the way our races run. It will help us to make the right plans. It will help us to stay on track. It will help us to know what our ultimate goal is. Okay, and Hebrews 12 gives us a little bit of help with that. After verse one, it starts by say, do this by fixing your eyes on Jesus. Okay, and for me, there's nothing more awe-inspiring from God than him allowing Jesus to die so that my sins could be forgiven. Okay, and that to me, that is the ultimate gift and that is the ultimate price. And for a life committed to God has to be the most important thing that we have going on. Okay, so that when I make my plans, okay, to line up with God's plans, it's filtered through what Jesus, what God would want for my life. The job that I pick, okay, the relationships that I have, and how I respond in those relationships, okay, how I raise my children. All of those things have to be filtered through the lens of who Jesus is and who God is. You know, we have to continue to know God on a deeper level. And Keith gave us this charge the other day that if we just know him, we're missing it. Okay. And you ever heard of the phrase familiarity breeds contempt? Okay. And we can get so familiar. I can get so familiar with God and what he's done for me and living this life because I've grown up with it. My parents are disciples. I've not known any other message my entire life. This is all I've ever known. This is the way you do it, and I can slide into an area of comfortability, yeah, yep. and I can have contempt for all of the many things that God has done in my life, yeah. okay? And God loses the right place in my life when I have that attitude. But with, eyes, with my eyes fixed on Jesus, I can avoid that pitfall because it's dangerous. Amen. Yeah. It is dangerous when God is not in his right place. Yeah. You know, we applaud athletes who have sacrificed so much to gain their goal, okay? I know some coaches that sleep in their office two, three nights a week, you know? I can't imagine having a job where I intentionally stay away from my family two, three nights a week just because I think I'm getting more work done. How productive am I at midnight? I'm not, I'll tell you, no coach has ever come up with a play to win a game at midnight, (laughs) okay? All right. But a lot of them have lost their families because they've sacrificed their families for that goal. Okay, there's players that will send their families to live in a different city because they're a distraction. Okay, my family's a distraction. I can't have them around me. 
I don't want to live. I'm going to go live by myself so I can focus on what I've got going on. It's really a lie because what they're doing is other things that they don't want their family around for. I have one coach that said, if this is not the most important thing going on for you, he was like more important than your wife, your kids, your girlfriend, any other family, then you will never be successful as a football player. And that's tough because that's not what I read in the Bible. You know, and I'm not a I'm not a perfect husband. Okay, I'm not a perfect father. Okay, but I love my family. All right. And we're together today because that's not that's not the God. That's not the that's not the race that I see in the Bible. Okay. But God asks us to sacrifice some stuff, too. And sometimes that's not good enough for us. Good enough for athletes, good enough for coaches, but not good enough for God. That's not, it can't be the right perspective. Okay. I mentioned my schedule in college and I did decide to become a disciple. (laughs) It was not always easy, but it was worth it. Okay. I have the respect of my teammates. All right. They know what I was, they know what I was about in college. Okay. If they have a question or they have a problem, they will call me and ask me what I think. Okay. Um, it happened in the NFL as well. All right. I may not have drinking stories or any of these types of deals that come with that, but that's okay because that's what I have is more important. Amen. Okay. And sometimes we can't see that in the moment um, until we get a little bit older. Okay. And I want to finish with this. I don't know what heaven looks like to you. Okay. And when you Google Google it and you look at the images, there's all kind of stuff, right? Um, so I have a few pictures. Um, I don't know if you're a beach person, but that looks like a pretty nice place <laughs> to spend eternity. I prefer lakes and mountains, so and sunsets. I like this. This one is really cool for me. Um, but when I get in trouble, this, looking at Jesus and looking at what that ultimate goal is, okay, it's what helps me to get back on track. Okay, it's what helps the plans to align with what is important. All right, you know, the Bible describes, you know, heaven as the heavenly city coming down from the skies. Okay, this is a city of gold, all right, sitting in the clouds. It's coming down. That's what's waiting for us. That's what's waiting for you and me. Okay, is your race leading up to that right now? Okay, you, we got to ask ourselves that. Sometimes I get off of the track. My race is leading somewhere other than, yeah. than here. And if I do that, then I'm missing out. Yeah. Okay, it makes no sense to make the decision to follow God and to be running a race that doesn't lead here. Amen. Okay, but I got to have gratitude. I got to be in awe of God um, to, make these, to make these things uh, come true. All right. When it doesn't happen, I become more important. The things that I want are the things that my life is leading to. Getting advice from other people becomes unimportant. Okay? Being with the body becomes a burden. All right? I come up with so many excuses. Excuses, excuses, excuses. Okay? Um, I appreciate being able to share about this because I feel like it's something that I've been learning personally in my life lately and something uh like i said on my trip in europe really 
brought these thoughts to the forefront. Um, and uh, I, like I said, we love it here in Clemson. We love, uh, love all of you guys and uh, being able to spend uh, time with you guys. And, uh, you know, I hope that as we continue to look at running the race together um, as a group, that we're all encouraged and inspired to be not only closer to each other, but closer to God, which is what is uh, most important. So.